Oh, okay. So we started already. <laughs> <laughs> and we back. <laughs> and we're back. Yeah, we're back. the whole week, man. Yeah. We were off for a whole week. But you know, that's, they, they say that's the greatest test of a podcast. Like, if you could go and then come back, that's, that takes discipline. <laughs> there you go. I will say, like, the week off, it, I kind of missed it. I kind of missed it. Yeah. Yeah. But we, we needed some time to kind of get yeah. a, good, a good understanding on <laughs> our discussion. Today. Yeah. Well, you know, it, it came at the right time because one end, like, this is kind of our big flagship episode. Like, this is going to be. We have socials, we're going to run that down too, but, you know, this is kind of like our hard launch. Like, we're going to start, like, promoting the show this week. For sure. Yeah. Start so, we're going to start segments, all of that. introducing more segments. You know, this is a real show now. We're going to start doing promotions, so we're hoping to get a whole lot more listeners. And it kind of coincided with probably the biggest album release in the last few years since the, the pandemic. Yeah. Yeah, really, like... So we decided, let's take a week, let's decompress, let's take some extra time with the album so we know what we're talking about. And, yeah, like, that that's where we are. And you know what? I, I missed it. I, I kind of was like, man, it would have been nice to have a podcast to do. Oh, yeah. It feels good to be back. Yeah. Kind of break really down does. some of the recent stuff. Yeah, it really does. Oh, but this week we're... We're talking about one thing and one thing only. <laughs> well, there really isn't any news. So, like, it's not like we're skipping it. It's like... Right, I was going to say, we're not cutting the news out of this show. Yeah, we well, just don't there's really just not much, much news to even talk about. I was going to uh, say, there's some stuff that came out last week, but nothing amazing, if I'm being honest. We talked amazing. about the Chance single, but that's it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Chance, Chance and Vic dropped a single. Wraith, really, really good. Fantastic. Yeah, fantastic. And I'm ready for the redemption arc. Yeah, the redemption ready? arc is redemption. starting. You heard it here first, folks. <laughs> Our f- oh my the first thing we ever put on the internet was us calling the Chance Redemption Art. <laughs> <laughs> Literally. Yeah. We started off the podcast building up to this moment. Yeah. So, like, this, this, is, the is, year. this is big. This is our Avengers. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm ready for the Redemption Dark of both him and Travis Scott. Yeah. By two angel boys. Yeah, I don't think those are quite the same arcs. Like, <laughs> they're not. They're, like they're Chance just got but... lame. Like, but the both of these singles. Chance fell off. Yeah, both of these singles though, Child of God and this, both some of my favorite. Oh, bro, I got my merch. I'm sorry, I got my merch. I just got really excited. Oh, I got a photo. I got to send you a photo. I got my hoodie of the Child of God. Mm. Mm-hmm. So good. Also, just okay. just putting this out there, boys and girls. I'm paying nobody's merch. I don't know. Maybe if we get merch, <laughs> yeah, if we get a hundred daily listeners. We'll 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 do a merch drop. Gotta come with the whole design. Yeah. All right. But anyway. All right. Oh, and socials. So we have a we have an official Twitter and Instagram now. Yep. I kind of going to take ownership of all these. Different social media, so I've made a Snapchat, a Twitter, and an Instagram. And I will probably be, if you're listening to this, you will most likely be getting a friend request within the next week. Yeah. And like, just so you know, like if you're on the Twitter, you're, you're talking you're talking to Purvis. 
So <laughs> no, 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 it's both of us. <laughs> like no, like I'm gonna look at it, but like it's Pervis. Like he doesn't right. want me posting like my. <laughs> My, I was doing my my commie gobbledygook and yeah, inciting violence. With the week that we've had with politics, I will uh, I will take command of the social medias to try and yeah to not not uh, yeah we don't want any propaganda. <laughs> yeah, we don't want our podcast threatening a senator. <laughs> Yeah, so um, I'll be taking control of that. I will most likely be putting a post every week that we go live. Yeah. And um, maybe making some polls for some topics. Oh, yeah, Who love knows? that, love that. We'll see We'll see what we can do. Yeah, we'll it's make sure to put... Hours, so. Yeah, so like DM, DM us, email us. We'll make sure to be posting... Shit. <laughs> We're going to be posting pure content. That's what we are. Right. I'll probably be sharing some news throughout the week, just kind of give yeah. you some updates, but we'll go yeah. from there. Maybe we can start some discussions, you know, like it'd be great to, like, if one of our listeners has a hot take. Like, oh, yeah, that'd be a great Yeah, thing. like, we could, like, like, if you got a good take, we could be like, man, that guy had a good take. And if you have a bad take, we'll roast the shit out of you. We will absolutely drop your name. <laughs> We'll, we'll drop, drop your, your at and everyone. We'll drop your home address. We'll send pictures of your front door. <laughs> <laughs> like, and we can do it because our fan base is not that big. We no, it's not that big. <laughs> but I just want to let you know, if you don't know who we are who we are, and you happen to listen to this, we mean I'm you so too. Like, <laughs> <laughs> we will find you. We're unstable. <laughs> but, um, Speaking, oh, I'm excited. Yeah. Speaking of <laughs> unstable. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, say both of us, but yeah, I, I think that's. Can't think of anything else to bring up. No. Should we bring up the Lupe Fiasco stuff? What? Are, oh, the, the class? Because... Say that again. Lupe Fiasco, she's in the class, and he renounced the new album. Oh yeah, and he dropped that song too, Anabato. Yep. Yeah, Anabato. Did you listen banger. to it? Oh, I love it. I missed it. Oh my gosh, it's it's a banger. It's. I'll be honest, like, uh, how do I put this? So Lupe is like really really good at like deep substantive lyrics, and he's really really good at like just making shit that sounds dope. But you can like tell, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And like this is one of the ones where it's like, yeah, this shit just sounds dope. <laughs> oh yeah, but yeah, I'm always here for a while. Yeah, but yeah, no, and he's dropping the album soon. This is a this is a great year to start a podcast. Like, no, yeah, there's a lot of stuff coming out. I'm so excited. Yeah, I I said this earlier or not. I texted you this earlier this week, and I was just like, bro, there's so much stuff that's already come out, and so many things that are being, like, teased and rumored. It might be better than 2016 2013. I'm, I'm just saying. I'm just saying. I mean, if things go as hype as they could be, it, it shit could be crazy. It, shit could be crazy. Right? It was like, who else could come out of the woodwork? I don't know. It's, you know my three names. I, I, I hate to say it. I hate to say it. But, like, when Dawn FM came out in January, I'm like, this was going to be a good year. <laughs> <laughs> that, that alone was like, all right, I'm good. I'm like, this is incredible. <laughs> and it's January. I'm going to say, I'm going to go. I'm, I admit, I judged it too harshly because I wanted the toxic weekend. I do plan on going back and, like, Actually, giving it another try. It's it, it's one of the better albums of the year. I mean, like, 
honestly, in terms of like pure repeat value, it, it's probably still my favorite album of the year. Favorite in scope of this podcast. I think Thick and Whiskey record is probably still that and the the, the Mr. Morale or Mr. Morale. It's Mr. Morale. It's yeah. Morale. Should we just go ahead and jump into it then? Oh. The Mr. Morale and the, the Big Steppers. Mr. Morale and the Big Steppers. So this is going to be a, a classic deep dive we've done. Yeah, no, this <laughs> is going to be the now. This is going to be the right. deepest of dives. <laughs> so buckle up, just get ready. Um, I'm just going to let you know right off the bat that's exactly what we're going to go into. Do not expect any like special other project that we've been doing like, no this is this is out. a i don't think it's a secret that like this podcast is kind of modeled more off like movie and television review shows right mm-hmm. and a lot of those shows like the main event like the same way we have a big topic is like the movie that was most recently released right so like mm-hmm. this week it would be fucking okay, that movie that's coming out uh top gun right so like oh, true, everyone true. would talk about top gun on the podcast right this is kind of like in that vein where like this is such a huge deal. It happened now. Like, what better time than now to talk about? It, right. We definitely wanted. We definitely wanted. You know, more than a week to uh, digest it, especially <clears throat> this album, because this this is a dense one. This was a heavy. Well, yeah, what I'll say, was... like, I've, I've listened to this. I'm being serious. I think I've listened to this at least 15 times. I the same. Like, same. like at least, and, and it's only been out for two weeks. And I've, <laughs> so. I've listened. To, uh, I've listened to it, not every day, but I've listened to it straight I mean, through multiple times, most days. Like it yeah. is. <laughs> like well, no, I just think it's really, really. I I do think it's really, really good, and I think the uh, the way it takes you through. The story is really, really interesting. So I'm going to ask you, right? What do you, what do you think right. of the album? You're going to start us off. What do you think about it? Ooh, I get to start us off. Yeah, what's like your big takeaway? Um, it's interesting because we had time to like kind of think about it some more. Like right off the bat, I remember the initial text I was sending you was, uh, you know, the first thing I always look at in albums is the structure. It's, it's just who I am. That's yeah. what I like to do. I thought it was going to be too long, but by the third listen, it does not feel like it's an hour and whatever minutes. Yeah, it no, honestly doesn't feel good. Yeah, no, the uh, the pacing of the album is. I, I know that's not really a, a, a phrase that's used for music as much, but like, yeah, like the pace of it is really, really high. Mm-hmm. It it really feels for a double album. It feels very lean. Yes. But um, that doesn't mean to make it seem like it's lacking. No, no, no. Like, it's, yeah, in, it is certainly not lacking in ideas by any stretch. <laughs> you know, it just, it doesn't, it just doesn't feel long, right? Right. And that's, like, that's an extreme plus to me. Yeah, it like, doesn't feel... I can just naturally play it, and it, I could be... It was the first album in a very long time where I sat down and was like, I want to listen to this. Like, yeah. I genuinely want to hear this again yeah and it, it wasn't a task to do so yeah I, not to mention the fact that i think like a whole lot of these songs just like they play really well on their own oh yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. and you know god knows how many times i've listened to father time like <laughs> dude father time on the bus cinematic 
I feel like a made-up movie. Every single song. Yeah. It's... Phenomenal. I didn't expect to get a double out. Yeah. I I didn't at all. Shocking surprise. Not upset. And I think... I I think in terms of the conceit of the double album, like the way he uses it, about how like the first part, which I believe is the big steppers, is part one. Right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Where the first part is very much about his trauma, about like who he like about like what who he is, how he feels, and everything. And Mm -hmm. the second one, Mister Morale, is about his therapy. And it's about yep. his about him going to therapy in order to move past this. So yes. I think using the double album to tell that story feels very intuitive. And mm-hmm. you know, I'm still a huge fan of the way Big Crit used the double album, but th- this might have have topped it, like in terms of yeah, just like in terms of using it to its advantage. I mean, the the man is a genius, and it's not even up for question anymore. But like it, it's very interesting how because it is a double album, yeah. each album can stand on its own. But like it's a perfect one-two punch where it's like uh, the Mac Miller swimming in circles. That's what I was thinking about. Yeah, like they work hand in hand. They have the same kind of topic, but they have their own like story to tell. You know, it's funny you say that because like I I agree that they stand on their own insofar as the music is a satisfying listen. But I have never gotten to the end of Purple Hearts and not been like, all right, I'm Oh, clear. yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah, no. <laughs> especially when you're, you're right. taking the fact that, in my opinion, I think the Mr. Morale side is much better. You know, I That's think, another thing I was going to bring up. Yep. Yeah. As I've listened to it more and more, I think it's kind of equalized. Mm-hmm. You know, I think I, I like them probably even not evenly, but like it much closer than it was initially. Because initially, like I don't know, my first few listens, I was a little not. I didn't know how I felt about it. You know, we were in the same boat. Yeah, the all I knew, <laughs> all I knew was like, okay, this is certainly Kendrick level quality. I am certainly not disappointed. You know, and I knew. Mm-hmm. That I wanted to keep listening. So I guess those are like the best green flags you can get. But like it took me probably a good week to get like exactly how I felt about it. Okay. I mean, I'm pretty much in the same boat. We've talked about this when it first came out, but immediately I was like, oh, the second half is so much better. But like I think it was just. I had to warm up to it, if that makes sense. Because we haven't gotten Kendrick in a very long time. <laughs> like, it, like, it's been years since we got any new Kendrick in. Like, I went into it knowing it was going to be good, but not knowing what to expect. And so I think that kind of gave me a blinding effect where, like, it doesn't matter what I heard. It was going to, like, just be like, I'm just excited that it's here. Yeah. Like, I'm not gonna fully understand it. I'm gonna like accept that, but I'm just glad I get whatever I get. Yeah. But after I listen to it more. Yeah. Like in '95, Die Hard, Father Time. Yeah. Like all yeah. of it is just really good. Yeah. All right. So why don't we go? We dive in track by track, and we can talk some wrap up questions at the end. Okay. All right. 
So united in grief. Okay. Yeah, united in grief. This was like the one that was like, in my opinion, a uh, like a very soft start. Mm-hmm. Especially on the first listen. It it didn't feel like a, a grand opening despite the, the intro, which is very much intended to be that. Mm-hmm. And at first it just took me a minute to like get into the groove of it. If I'm being honest, like this might be like one of the weaker songs on the entire album for me. Uh, but going back and like being able to like get like the meaning of the lyrics and just kind of live with it a little bit, I I like it. I like it a lot. I think it feels very old school. I think like the way he does like the quick stuttering bars is very mm-hmm. like classic LA gangster rap. So it it grew on me quite a bit, but initially like it was almost a little off-putting. And mm-hmm. even though it has grown on me, it is still probably my one of my least favorite songs on the album. Okay. Yeah. I, I can understand that. I actually had a conversation with someone recently where it was in one of my group chats where if you had to pick a bad song, obviously these are all good songs. But if you had to like point out, okay, this is a weak spot in the album, this was one of the contenders. So I definitely agree with what you're saying. You know, one of the things... Like, it, it's a Yeah. One of the things I will say about this album is, as much as I think that it is an accomplishment, like, as a sum of its parts, I think I put it up there. It, it probably sits, like, a little closer to the top of Kendrick's oeuvre for me. Right? Mm-hmm. But at the same time, like, you know, I, I don't know if I like it as much as The Pimple Butterfly or Good Kid, Mad City. But at the same time, like, I think some of the criticisms of it are much more valid than any criticisms I've heard of his other albums. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think, like, the fact is, like, I can think of, like, two songs on this album that are, like, in my opinion, like, this one is, like, kind of, like, a weaker Kendrick Lamar song to me. And there's another song in this album that I think is, like, one of the worst songs he's released. Yeah, I gotta be honest. Okay. But I think like hey, don't don't tell me I won't get there. <laughs> yeah, but but that's two songs on a nineteen eighteen long. Yep. Yeah, eighteen track length. It's not a big deal. And like once again, United in Grief. It it's not a bad song. It's a average Kevin Kendrick Lamar song. <laughs> which which is average is better than the rest of the market. So yeah, uh, that's saying something alone. I don't know. It took me a while to grow on this. I like the message behind it because it, it does do a good job putting you in the headspace of where the album's going to go. Yeah. It's a very simple line, just like, I grieve different. Yeah. But that alone is very interesting, like, perspective on how someone kind of gets over their issues. One thing, and this is something that I found out more recently, and I'll just bring it up to you. Are Kendrick fans diving too deep? And that's something that I wanted to ask. Because the reason I, I bring that up, obviously, we've discussed Kendrick for three weeks now. Yeah. And he is one of the most influential people out there. And his his songs do have messages behind them, like multiple yeah. meaningful messages. So he opens up this song by saying, like, I've been going through some things. It's been 1,855 days. Which very cool. Very cool that he was. Right. Yeah. Very dope. Super dope. Like... 
listening to that as an average fan is like, okay, that's something that, that's yeah. different, that's super cool. That it's a timestamp that works perfectly within like when Damn came out and when this album came out, and that's the surface level, right? Yeah. I don't know if you saw the video. I sent you a video, I think, on Instagram. Someone went into this, like, and they did this one line had like a whole, like, almost five page paper behind it. Yeah. Where it had something to do with like the last album came out on Good Friday. This album came out on Friday the 13th. It's supposed to be like the good and evil of like religion and the devil and how 1855 is an angel number. Like, I listened to it and like, yeah, that's a if Kendrick did mean, yeah, <laughs> it, it, it's a stretch. It's a stretch. But like, yeah. if he meant that, this man is insane. But at the same time, are the fans overreacting? <laughs> I don't think over. Okay, so first off, I think they have been conditioned to, and okay. I think they have in the past. Uh, this is actually a very interesting question because, like, I think, I think this album is Kendrick inviting the level of analysis people wanted out of Damn. Ooh. You know, okay. I, I, especially after hearing this, and I've been revisiting to Pippa Butterfly a lot, like cutting this in with it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so after listening to these two parts of Kendrick's career, like it really kind of is obvious that Damn just didn't warrant that level of analysis. Not that Damn's not good, Damn's incredible. We talked, <laughs> there's. Go to Let's more episodes. The whole podcast. <laughs> right, move your thumb. Move your thumb. Top left screen. More more episodes. Uh, you can hear all about what we think about damn. <laughs> Literally the last episode. <laughs> uh, so like, you know, obviously incredible album, but I I don't think like it's as deep as what fans wanted it to be. So yes, I think they have a history of doing that. Okay. I think this album invites that level of analysis. I think that specific example is uh, bonkers and not true. <laughs> uh, <laughs> okay. But I do think, no, that's completely fair. Yeah, but I do think that this album, and we'll talk about it as we go through the track list, but I think it, it invites that level of analysis. Okay. So I, I, even, I wanted to bring that up. Even if people don't quite pick up on that invitation, I can't get mad at people for it. That's just how I feel. Right. Okay. Yeah. Fair enough. All right. So, why don't we go to N95, which, when I saw the names of the tracks, I was like, <laughs> whoa. Like, because yeah. obviously it's a reference. The title I- is more of a reference to the pandemic than the rest of the song is. <laughs> mm-hmm. What do you want to open? Because I feel like N95... Has I don't know if it was meant to be. I have no idea what it was meant to be the radio song. But this is the like the song I feel like of the album. It has some yeah, streams. This is its, yeah, this is gonna like, be the radio hit. Yeah. This I think, is the obviously front hitter and it's got a music video. I, I think there's this is like the rap hit. I think there's another one that I think could do numbers. I think it's very well, obvious who it, which one it is. Now you want to talk about the music video or the song first? Let's talk about the song first, and then we'll get to the music video. Because okay. I do feel like, unlike Damn, I do feel like the music videos feel a little bit more supplementary, as opposed to like almost like essential viewing. You know what I mean? Oh, well. Yeah. Uh, 
So I do think it's interesting how this starts with him going like, Hello, new world. It's, it sounds like it should be the intro. It sounds like that should be the first thing you hear. But it's interesting that oh, it's the second yeah. song. Or it would have been, you would that. think it would be like the lead single, but it, the video didn't drop until after the album came out. So mm-hmm. like maybe if this was dropped like the day before the album came out and it was like the first thing you heard, even if it wasn't the first thing on the album, okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think I think it's interesting, and I think like you know obviously like COVID nineteen is going to be an event that a ton of artists are going to explore because Mm -hmm. it is probably the defining event of our lifetime. (laughs) Uh, And I do find it interesting how we see him starting off like that arc, you know, once again, this representing like a, this, the big steppers part of the album kind of representing like the more toxic, more pre-therapy Kendrick, you know, him talking about, like, him being overly suspicious of the COVID responses. I mean, the third line is, you're back outside, but they still lied. Yep. And, like, don't get me wrong, like, I think there is absolutely plenty of criticisms of the COVID response, and mm-hmm. and considering where this arc ends up, I'm fine with it, but, <laughs> you know, spoiler <laughs> alert, but, like... <laughs> right. But yeah, I thought it was interesting how, like, it, so you, you immediately get, like, this idea of his stance on the pandemic, and then it kind of devolves into talking more about, like, just being artificial, mm-hmm. you know, which I think is much more substantive, and I think he does a great, great job. I think, you know, the, I, I think this is a fun song, and I think it has depth, which to me is, like, the great balancing act of art. So, I, I got zero notes as far as it goes. I love how you have, like, Baby Keem just popping in and out, kind of like how Kendrick did on Baby Keem's album. Yep, they work very well together. Yeah, no, they work extremely, extremely well together. And, like, yeah, I don't think Baby Keem has put out, like, that, that next-level project that I know he's capable of. But... I definitely get the sense that he like he deserves this kind of this role there with Kendrick. Oh yeah, yeah, I agree with that. I I like the way I was going into this song. Initially, when I went into it, I thought like it was the same thing. It was like, okay, it's a hype song. It's a turn up song. Like this is clearly going to be a radio record. But like when you look at the lyrics, it has a lot of deeper meanings. Where he's literally telling people like, when you take your mask off, they act very different. Yeah. And I feel like building off of that larger image where we was kind of saying, like, this is Kendrick speaking about his issues, and the first song is about grief. I literally looked up the five stages of grief. And, like, I was trying to line it up with Al. And I feel like this is his second stage of grief, which is anger. And I feel like this is him, like, literally, like, this is him going off on all the stuff that's been pissing him off. Well, like, all the fake news, all the, like, Clout chasing, like he's literally talking about all this in the album. Yeah. And like how people just kind of hide behind this mask, which just lines up perfectly with like the actual modern times that's going on. Yeah. I mean, it, it really is the, uh, it really is about brushstrokes, right? I think what Kendrick mm-hmm. does like really well is that 
He never tries to comment on too many things on one specific song, right? Mm-hmm. He kind of just, like, talks about one thing as well as he can and lets that be a brushstroke in the piece, in the painting that is the album. Okay. And I yeah. think that's how this really works. And also, I think when you're talking about an artist of the caliber of Kendrick Lamar, there's no such thing as too pretentious. Like, <laughs> like that is my... That, that is fine. Okay. That's my official opinion on that. But yeah. <laughs> High-pass okay. song, some dope, dope-ass bars, loving, you know, the baby Keem. He, he pops up a bunch all over the album. And yeah. No. I have mixed feelings about that. Yeah. To be honest. Okay, be honest, that's interesting. I, have mixed I, yeah. I don't know. I haven't decided how I felt about it. Well, we'll figure that out. Now, <laughs> let's talk about the Worldwide Steppers. All right, here we go. Yeah. All right, so speaking of, uh, <laughs> speaking of interesting features, uh, Question. This, was, this was the one that was like, what is going on? <laughs> I think this is the first thing because I do the stubborn thing when albums come out at 11 o'clock. I'm like, I'm not going to listen to it. No. At 11.02, I definitely went and listened to it. And my first text was, Brandon, what is these features? Like, what are, what are the features? What's going on? Yeah. Please explain. Yeah. It why is... is Kodak Black on this album? And why is he a main character that comes up? Yeah, it pops up multiple times. So it's... Pretty pretty in depth collaboration between <laughs> Kodak Black and Kendrick. And let's just start. Like this got a lot of controversy around the album. Now, you gave a pretty good point of view to me the other day where you were saying you feel like because obviously having Kodak Black on your album has some consequences because of his actions. Yeah. And he could have easily been replaced by, well, one person that I recommended was Ski Mask, for example. Yeah. I, someone with similar personalities. Yeah. Or someone like Chief Keef. Right, right. Who, like, exactly. Because I, I do think Kodak serves a purpose on the album. Right. And that's what I was going to ask. Why, do, why did he pick Kodak? Why is Kodak a repeating character? How does he fit in his narrative? You know, I think, I think it's almost like a challenge to the audience, right? It's almost like, you know, you see... Because I think Kendrick Lamar is ultra aware of how people perceive him. And he is perceived very positively. And I think mm-hmm. it's about testing people's empathy, right? Like, Oof. you're going to be empathetic to me, right? Because of who I am. But, you know, and if you put... It's like a like a like a number line about how fucked up a person is, right? Mm-hmm. Like you have Kendrick, <laughs> who like has his demons like any other normal person, but is like a normal person. And then you have Correct. like uh, someone who should probably still be in jail, like a literal violent criminal, Kodak Black. On the other side, it's like where do you draw the line in your empathy, right? And especially when we're talking about black men in America. Right, mm-hmm. it's that's that plays a factor. So I think that's kind of what he's getting at, right? Like, you know. Um, that along, being said, also obviously a statement on cancel culture, which like 
Kendrick keeps Dawson. coming up in the album. Yeah, he brings it up a few times. I gotta be honest, I think his ca- cancel culture takes. I mean, mm-hmm. I don't think they ruin any songs, but like, right. but like, I just think you know, it's a big nothing burger. I just don't think it's real. But, uh, <laughs> but you're saying cult- cancel culture isn't real? Yeah, the cancel culture is not real. Like, okay, it's, okay, it's, it's a it, it is a mass delusion. Like, no one, no one is. Speak on this, because I'm actually, like, I'm, I'm kind of entertaining this. What do you mean, like... Name one person who has seen long-term consequences for any kind of public outcry. Bill Cosby's not in jail anymore. You said don't count who? No, like, Bill Cosby's not in jail anymore. Name one person who has seen serious consequences for their actions due to the... due to, you know, cancel culture, quote-unquote. Name one person. I guess I should ask, then... But before I like even try to think of somebody, because I don't have someone off the top of my head. Like, what is the point of cancel culture? Like, it is it the goal to actually like ruin this person's life? Is it trying to get him out of fame? What are we trying to do? Well, first off, whose goal are we talking about? I guess yeah, I guess the people yeah. trying to because like to be but, honest for, to you, like when we're talking about like Dave Chappelle and like Joe Rogan, people who like really like dive into the canceled narrative like I I think what it is is I think it's a branding exercise I think they know that there is a certain market who will continue to give them money and attention if they wrap themselves in this language and that's what they do when you say give them money and attention are you saying let's say for example I, I don't think this applies to either one of the examples you just said but let's say someone is supportive of like guns, just like a topic that's been going on in America. Yeah. Let's say someone's supportive of the NRA. Are they trying to cancel that person? But you're saying like well, this person is rebranded, like someone's what, rebranding. What saying, yeah, like I don't think, like I don't think what quote unquote like they like the people who are quote unquote doing the canceling. What I think what they're okay. doing is, you know, criticizing and like look, sometimes it's shitty. Like, sometimes what they're doing is shitty. I'm not going to lie. But it's criticism. It's true. It's part of living in a country of free speech, right? Like, yeah, you're, you're free to, to speak, and people are free to respond. As simple exactly. as that, right? Um, so, but, like, once again, like, and I think this is interesting, because I think Kendrick has, like, an in-depth, like, take on it, right? Like, I think... It comes across a little shallow, but I think it's more about, like, you know, are we going to forgive people? Like, shouldn't we have empathy? It's about that, right? Which I think is, like, way more intelligent and dignified and something I can respect a lot more than, like, people just, like, throwing canceled on the title of their stand-up special so they get 15% more views on Netflix. Okay. Yeah. That, that's my take on it. Like. I don't know. I've never really like sat there. That's why I was curious what your opinion was because I've never like really sat down and thought about cancel culture. Because most times, I just honestly just avoid it because I don't yeah. care. Yeah, people but, like people like it the, never works when people fail or when people aren't happy with the results. They they like to have you know something to blame, and when like you're rejected by the masses, like that's what that's called. <laughs> no, yeah, I follow yeah. that. So that's just my opinion on cancel culture. Sorry about that. Feel free if you skipped that. I 
I don't feel. I don't feel bad. <laughs> I, I I understand, dog. I'm here for you. Like, so let's talk about like the song now. <laughs> like, yeah. Because yeah, yeah, yeah. like, oh, so there's so much more to talk about with Kodak Black, but there's a, he's on he's on a bunch of songs on the album, so we'll get to it. Uh, <laughs> so uh, this is it's a bizarre song. I'm still kind of wrapping my head around it. Yeah. Well, because it's very much like. Because I think, especially like tying back to United in Grief, like when he talks about like I grieve different, I, mm-hmm. I think like the most common interpretation is that he's talking about how he doesn't drink or smoke or do drugs. And yes, that comes up a couple yeah. times in that one. And like, so his vice is sex, right? Yes. So I do see this playing like very, very well into like, the themes of the album, and just, like, kind of, like, the darkest thoughts anyone's ever had. About <laughs> but, like, I, but, like, within the context of, like, I am showing you a person who deeply needs to go to therapy. It, it works, right? And, like, mm-hmm. like, here's the thing, right? If I'm listening to this on my headphones, like, while I'm, like, cleaning my house or something, or, like, on a walk, I don't think I'd ever skip this song. But, like, if I'm driving in my car... Mm-hmm. I probably am. <laughs> <laughs> this is not something you would, by any means, like play. Yeah, something like that. Yeah, how he said like N95 is like a deep song, but also a fun song. Mm-hmm. This is an interesting and a very good and a great song, but I don't know if it's a fun song. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Yeah, it, it's not exactly fun. I mean, this is like where he first kind of also brings up. It's like this is the first time I had sex with a white girl. Yeah, and then he dives into that, which is so I feel like yeah. <laughs> he's what he does, was talking he, about like <laughs> that session. was funny. He said he said because the person that had locked up his uncle was her daddy. She paid her daddy sins. That's wild. That yeah, that is like, like that is wild. I have I am a deeply awful human being, but I have never thought. <laughs> Something, <laughs> but I've never thought anything so depraved, right? I am no, yeah, almost this, certainly this a less morally good person than Kendrick Lamar. <laughs> I mean, it is like he almost jokes about it in a song in the same like verse. He says, I said I might be racist, and this is why should be fuck like retaliation. Yeah. Like, that's yeah. some interesting stuff. Because, like, I'll, I'll joke around, like, oh, I want reparations. And, like, yeah. it won't be for anything serious at all. Yeah. Like, it'll be like, oh, I want free food for reparations. Like, no. Yeah. This man took it a step further. <laughs> yeah. And then you get the, the third chorus. The, wait, the third, not chorus, the third verse. It, it kind of steps away from the first two verses in that it's not so sexual. Mm-hmm. But it still very much, like, feels like the very, a very the darkest thoughts someone would bring up in therapy. Uh, but, like, you know, like, when he talks about, like, the media killing consciousness, 99 out of 100 times when people are talking about that, they're full of shit, and you should completely dismiss everything they say, because, like, they don't know what they're talking about. But it's not wrong. And Kendrick knows what he's talking about. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what I mean. Like... So, yeah, I just think in terms of, like, a piece on the album and, like, just, like, a fun listen. Not fun, but, like, it's a good listen. 
you know, it's certainly not boring. Like how United in Grief and Crown can be a little bit boring. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, no, it's it sets up the stories. And then we say, I think this is the first track where you hear the tap dancing. Yes. I'm so yeah. glad you brought that up. I almost forgot to bring that up. That is so dope. Dude, the tap I'm dancing sorry, is, that is so, so dope. Yeah. Like the fact that he found these black twins, these young black men who tap dance, which is probably one of them like a trillion. Yeah. Oh my God. It's so dope. And like, they're going to be paid for this. Yeah. Oh, I love it. And like, love it. This definitely reminds me of very much about like like the poem from To Pimp a Butterfly as he reads mm-hmm. throughout the thing. But it just, you know, it's obviously not as in-depth. And obviously, like, the reveal to To Pimp a Butterfly is, like, unmatchable. But the moment you get <laughs> towards the end of the first half with the tap dancing mm-hmm. is, I would say, like, one of my favorite moments in music ever. Like, up there with, like, the Knight's Beat Switch, up there with Mortal Man. Up there with man, it, you putting a lot of pressure. <laughs> yeah, no, like that. Stop dance, stop tap dancing around the conversation. Like <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> the first time. So I, I don't know if I said this already. The first time I listened to the album, I paused it at least three times. Yeah, that was one of the times where I paused it, and I like I had to place everything down. I was like, nah, he didn't. Dude, it's like uh, it's like he forced the puzzle in your brain to like put everything together. Like, you know, like, do you know what it reminded me of? Like, can you take a walk with me really quick? Okay. Do you, did you see Get Out in the theater? Yeah, I think so. I actually think I did. Okay. So do you remember at the end when Bro, he gets away? I think I know what you're going to say. And okay, go ahead, go ahead. He's, he finally gets away, and then you hear the cops pull up, and your heart sinks, because you know it's going to happen. Because <laughs> you know. And like it's just know. like, like at that moment, like Jordan Peele completely dominated your emotions. Like, oh my god, that's what it, that moment felt like to me. Like it was like, <laughs> holy shit! Everything stops you, just like, oh yeah. my god, yeah. And like, I think that's the start of the holy shit moments on the album. But the other ones are a lot more substantive, and it's more like. I can't believe someone of this caliber is talking about these kind of things. Mm-hmm. All right, so shall we move on to Die Hard? Die Hard, yes. Yeah. So this we're is. We're like jumping forward out of excitement. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so what, what do you. Uh, what do you. Th- you start us off with this. This is one of my favorite songs now. I'm just going to say it. Wow, really? I'm, say it. I, I'm sorry. It's one of them. I don't okay. think it's the best. But I think this is one of my favorite albums or favorite songs on the album. You know I have a whole playlist about like fighting demons. I feel like this whole song is just like with the chorus where he comes in and just like, I hope it's not too late to like make my demon straight yeah. or set my demon straight. Yeah. Like this whole song I think is amazing. Yeah. Well, okay. So I certainly like the song. Like I... I hear some people saying that this is like the weakest song in the album, and I completely disagree. I think this is a very yeah. fun song. I think uh, Amanda Reefer is a, a fantastic addition to that chorus. And, you know, yes. like, I, I think it goes back to pacing, right? Like, the f- last, like, couple songs, like, you really had to listen to the lyrics. <laughs> and now these are more about the music. It's more about the feel. Like... 
don't get me wrong, like, if you sit down and you read the lyrics, you can see that he clearly has a point that he's trying to get across. But I think it's fair mm -hmm. to say that this song is much more about the music, the feel, the vibe. Uh, and I like it. I just don't know... The one thing I will say is, like, I just don't know if there's all that much to talk about. But if you have something, if you have a lot to talk about, be my guest, because it's a good song. I don't, I don't get the hate for it, but I just think it's... My, my one thing is that I think there's another, like, vibey, pop-friendly song, like, that's later in the more, album, that's just yes. much better, in my opinion. Uh, I mean, I do understand that. Yeah, so, like, that's I, just... I, yeah, how... I, I mean, feel. It, I feel like, and that's where we... Not separate, because it's not like we're disagreeing whatsoever, we're like, what's better, what's worse. But I feel like that's where the difference is, where I was kind of saying, a lot of the music that I listen to, just, like individually by myself yeah it's like very vibey music and i felt like this came in at a perfect time this was like a good reset for me yeah and like the music is just really really good and like the meaning is simple you don't have to overthink it yeah and that alone kind of has its own place in the album for me i feel like it's a sleeper yeah okay that's totally a fair point and the other thing is the beat on this is crazy i mean especially <sighs> that bass line thundercat can't beat it. How does he? He brings people together, man. All it's right. So All right. So on to <laughs> Father Time. So is this one of your favorite songs? This is one of my favorite songs. Yeah. This is okay. this is probably my favorite song on the front half of the. Like in in terms of just like a song that I play, this is the one I play up the most. Okay. Yeah. Oh yeah. And like it just I, I, feels, I that. yeah, it just feels very classic. It feels very vibey, and it feels just like a song you can just put on and just like bop your head to. But like mm -hmm. it is lyric. I don't know if dense <laughs> is the right word, and I don't even know if heavy is. But it's very <laughs> poetic. Yes, you know. And no, you actually. I feel like you understood that song. No, I understood the song much better than I did. It took me a second to like go back and fully understand everything that he was saying. Yeah, because you're right. It's vibey, and I missed it. And like, I love Sampha. Yeah. Anytime I see Sampha, oh I'm my listen god, to it. dude, the chorus he does in not this? have enough music out. Dude, she's so good. Oh my lord. Yes, he, he has so many good choruses. Like, dude, I it's gotta, ridiculous. Low key, I'm gonna walk and get dinner after this. I'm gonna dab into Sampha like on my walk. I'm telling you, listen to his album process. Jesus. I'll listen to it. Price. Yeah. No, this is uh the 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 hook is crazy. <laughs> but yeah, I would say but, uh, uh, but no, I I immediately attached myself to this song. Just cause like I, I had daddy issues. Like, like <laughs> I you know, I worked past him pretty young. Like I I was lucky. Like uh my dad was, I'm very lucky, my dad is someone who is still changing as a person at age 50. Mm -hmm. um, and I worked through my issues, so now I have an extremely healthy relationship with my dad. Um, but I had those issues, so this definitely, like, yeah. it's not something yeah. you, just because you work past them doesn't mean you forget them. And oh, no. it, uh, it, it, there's a lot of things in this that I could definitely, like, relate to. Okay. Yeah, like when he talks about like having to go to work like right after someone died, like I've been in that exact position 
all, all like the little pullouts of like fatherhood and like what's like to like to be a boy to a father. And then I think the way that he inverts it in the last bar by ultimately saying like the point is like yeah, we really got to lay off women for their daddy issues because plenty of dudes have them too. Yes. And yes. I thought like, you know, it kind of it, it's the perfect kind of inversion because it doesn't at all like because it's not even really an inversion. It's just like a slight twist at the end that kind of just mm-hmm. like recontextualizes it. Recontextualizes yeah, it. God damn. Also, <laughs> uh, best bar in the album when Ken- Kanye got back with Drake, I was slightly Bro. confused. Guess I'm not as mature as I think. Got some healing. Man. A bar. A straight bar. Absolutely. Wait, could you imagine like being Kanye or Drake and being like, Kendrick is envious of my mental health? Like, Because <laughs> that's exactly what he said. <laughs> yeah, he's like, what, what did I go He's like, like, wow, I would like to be <laughs> as healthy as Drake and Kanye. <laughs> Which, that's, let's be honest, I doubt they're that healthy. <laughs> one more than the other, but, definitely. Yeah. They, they're all fighting their demons. Yeah. Let's put it that way. But yeah, um, so. I, I will say, it took me a minute to actually understand this song. And, like, even now, you bringing up that last bar, that's so important. Because, like, we normally talk about, like, girls with daddy issues. But, like, if you have a tough dad, and, like, you're raising up with a tough dad that's, like, trying to, like, cheat you in the ways of being a man, quote-unquote, as they say it. <laughs> and, like, he even says, like, some people grow up and, like, call being a man being a gangster. Yeah. Like, man, th- this is a serious song. <laughs> it is. It's... But, Loki, it's gotta be... It's definitely my favorite on this half of the album. That's for sure. Okay. Uh, uh, we got some breaking news. <laughs> Go on. Chance the Rapper just dropped a single. I know. I know. I was. <laughs> I know he did. Oh, damn. I, I thought I told you. No, I thought we were talking about Wraith. No, no, no. I mean, we did talk about that, that too. But I thought I told you, like, did I not see you the Instagram? Because he just opened up yesterday. He has another. I don't know what this new. Okay, we're going way off subject. So just. I'm just going to Listeners, deal with it. I was going to No, no, no. Yeah. No, we are leaving this in. This is about chance. I want to talk about him. <laughs> um, I don't know what the new like theme or vibe is, but like he keeps matching up all these singles with like art pieces. And they just actually posted something yesterday. There was like a private party that he put it up at um MCW. What's it called? Oh, MCA. MCA, there you go. But yeah, he, he's supposed to be putting out a single like today. Yeah, it's bar about a bar. I have something to do after this. Sick. Very sick. All right. But back on subject. <laughs> back on subject. All right. So, seems like a good time to switch into Rich Interlude, yes. where we will continue our, continue our conversation about Kodak Black. Uh, My God. Just... A, a spoken word by Kodak yeah. Black. You know, like, look, as we said, like, plenty of criticisms are having Kodak on the record. But I think what we can definitely agree on is it's certainly a lot more thoughtful than like Kanye's inclusion of the baby and Marilyn Manson. <laughs> yes. Which like even lumping in the baby like kind of feels wrong considering the gravity of the situation. <laughs> like, yeah. 
Yeah. Uh, We've talked about the baby. Yeah. You know, like, fuck him, but also, like, you didn't beat anybody. <laughs> <laughs> like, you didn't torture anyone. There's literally but, an old Twitter page that's about, like, did the baby get in trouble today? Yeah. I'm still serious. <laughs> but uh, oh, I got I got exactly what I wanted to bring up, and because oh, yeah? this is another like kind of thought I had about Kodak, because like obviously there was a lot of outcry about Kendrick having Kodak on the album, right? Mm-hmm. And on one end, like I completely get it, and like even though it is like a thoughtful inclusion, I do think there are artists who like don't have the record Kodak has that could have done that, you know, Ski Mask, Chief Keith, something like, someone like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but so you think does... Kendrick did him on purpose because he has that record? Probably. Over the other options. That uh, uh, probably. I'm sure, like, the fact that he's also, like, I, I think, like, yeah, probably because he is, like, so radioactive was probably why he did it. Even though okay. I don't think the art would have suffered if you would have went with someone who wasn't quite so bad. Uh, the other thing is that, like, I'm sure, like, the fact that he is more relevant than those two. Like, people love Ski Mask. We will love Chief Keef. But, like, Kodak is, like, and this actually brings me to what I'm trying to get across here. Is, like, Kodak is putting, currently putting out music. And I gotta say, like... The people, the, the, not the people, because I don't want to be like the they, you know, people. (laughs) We understand what you mean. (laughs) But like, a lot of the criticisms of people making like, oh, like, I don't believe in supporting Kodak Black, like, even when it's Kendrick Lamar, it's like, but like, I went back and looked, you didn't talk about this when like, Future dropped, you didn't talk about this when Lotto dropped, like, like, that's all I want to hear, is like, Keep this same energy going for everyone, then, right? Because to be honest, I don't want to. I don't think that's like kosher, you know. Like, I don't think it's right to put people down for enjoying art because it includes someone. But like, you're only gonna single it out, like on this one. Like, it's not. It's not principle. I agree with that, especially because like, like, and like, don't get me wrong. I think like the general conceit criticism of like, yeah, it's fucked up to have Kodak Black on the album. I think that's valid. Like, that's completely valid. Um, mm-hmm. No, yeah. No, yeah. no one's saying that's yeah. not a, like, it's not like a, there isn't a rational any, take. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like, there's completely fine to think that. Uh, I think it stands out more than the other two examples because he, even him being on Lotto's album was even worse because we've talked about how. Yeah. He, like, fr- was, like, he like yeah. assaulted her. <laughs> Literally, he threatened to not release the song he's on unless she had sex with him. Yeah. Like, that is the scum of the scum. Yeah. But, like, I think it stands out more because it's Kendrick. Yeah, and because... I he... feel like because of its platform, Kendrick is someone that can take risks, you know, you say but quote-unquote shouldn't. You know, you say that, but, like, Future is, has got as many streams. Yeah, but... Maybe not. I think it's personality-wise. Like, yeah. Maybe because he's like people know on future's it. trash. Well, not trash, like toxic. Sorry, go ahead. Toxic. There you go. Maybe it's because <laughs> he's commenting on it. You know, like this isn't. It's not neutral about. It's not like Kodak Black is just on a song. Like it's commenting on like Kodak Black's place in the culture. That is also true. You know, that, and I guess that's if someone a very big point that I didn't consider. You know, 
And like to me, that makes it more acceptable, not less. Okay. No, uh, yeah, that, I didn't consider that before because yeah. you're right. The feature in Lotto is yeah. just a regular old feature. <laughs> yeah. And I do think this is like a really effective uh, track because uh, it does it goes a long way into humanizing Kodak, right? Like if you were if you were unfamiliar with who Kodak Black was, right? This goes a pretty good way to like fill you in that this guy's pretty crude. He's probably not a good person, uh, but he's worthy of empathy, which is what Kendrick is trying to get across. So yeah, it's almost it explains the reason. Yeah. Not the reason, but how he ended up. It doesn't explain it. It shows it. It like yeah, tries, there you go. it there humanizes Kodak Black. It, it humanizes Kodak Black in order to tell the story it's trying to tell. Right. And which like, is a bigger picture within that. And like you know what, I listen to this. This is not a skip for me. I don't say it's a skip, but like I wouldn't play it either. I I don't think I'll it's a skip that. because I think the music in the background is dope and it's short. Yeah, you know, really uh, the other sketch in the other one, I think, works just as well. But I tend to skip it because it's like almost as long as the song after it. <laughs> and True. I really like the song after it. <laughs> uh, so should we jump into the actual song that this is leading? Yeah, into? Rich Spirit. Which, you know, is definitely a lot more lyrically dense than the last couple tracks. Because well, I think, uh, well, I think like it's the chorus is like really, really uh, catchy. Mm-hmm. It is like you're there for the verses. He he's talking about like you know how wealth alienates your spirit, and mm-hmm. how a lot of the things we associate with wealth are actually bad for you, uh, which. You know, I think he, he, he makes some good points. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, he, I, he does make some I, good I, points. <laughs> I, think, I think he makes some good points. I, I think, like, you know, some people's problem is that they don't have money. Uh, but, like, you know, the the bar in the chorus is, like, rich, word I can't say, broke phone. <laughs> and right. it's like, yeah, like... If you can have money and not have a smartphone, you're probably going to be very. That's probably the best, <laughs> that's probably the best mental health environment for you. Oh yeah, like, for sure, absolutely. I won't do it because I hate. Yeah, yeah. Money corrupts the spirit. I I believe. It's. If you're trained right and you are trained to be humble, I feel like you can handle yeah. it appropriately. But uh, like a lot of people. Money just kind of goes to your head, and I—I I also think it depends on. I—I I also think scale is a huge thing. Oh, what do you mean? Well, like, like I like the scale. Well, like, I, okay, so like the creative directors I work for, like a lot of them mm-hmm. make like five, six hundred thousand dollars a year. To me, that is okay. an in insane. an insane amount of money, right? Yeah. Like, if I made a fraction of that, if I made a hundred thousand dollars a year that is a life-changing amount of money right? right and that is a fraction of that right but even still you know that is different from someone who has 10 mil and owns you know property across the city 
and is like benefiting, you know, from being in the owner class, generating a passive income. And even that is different from being, you know, someone like Elon Musk or Jeff Bezos who have like the wealth of a small nation, you know? So like, I think it depends. Like, and Kendrick okay. fall, and Kendrick's wealth falls in mi- like that middle tier. And Kendrick probably mm-hmm. makes a shit ton more money than my boss, but he definitely oh, yeah. does not make anywhere near as much as Elon Musk. Like, <laughs> you know, I would like, definitely agree with that. And I think at that point, yeah, I think like it, it. I think when you're at the point Kendrick is at, like as I'm kind of talking it myself into this position, uh, <laughs> that is like where the breaking point kind of is. I feel like. Because, like, yeah, like, if you had six hundred, seven hundred thousand dollars $700,000, I feel like it'd be pretty easy to stick to your morals. That is also true. You and and he, at least he is actively trying to ground himself, if that's the right word. I would definitely like, describe that. Yeah. Like, he, he made an effort. Well, he makes an effort. I'm sure he has multiple foundations that I can look up. He, I'm sure he gives back to the community in multiple ways, more than yeah. just his music, obviously. Oh, yeah. But, like, we, we see him... Living a simple lifestyle, like the entire launch of this album, and since then, we've gotten countless posts about him somewhere off in the third nation or a third country nation. Yeah, third world nation. He's just third world nation where he's just kind of living a a simple life. Yeah. So some people might call poverty, but he's making the most of it and kind of being in touch with his roots. If that makes sense. Because I was watching a video over the last week, and I'm trying to think. So I was watching a video earlier, and I was reading, well, not reading, but listening to how Denzel Washington made this quote. He was doing an interview, and he was kind of saying how you need to learn how to control money and give back to, like, the people around you. You can't be selfish because, like, when you die, like, you, you can't take the money with you. You need to have that mindset or else it'll corrupt you. And, like, this man <laughs> looked into the camera and was like, You'll never see a U-Haul van behind a hearse. And it took me a second. I was like, wait, what? But, like, that's so true. Like, you'll never see a U-Haul van behind a hearse. You can't take this money with you when you die. Yeah. And so I feel like that kind of mindset is the one that you need to, like, handle. Yeah. When you're in this industry. (laughs) Or just anyone with money in general. And I think that's a... uh, I think that's such a powerful... I think that's such a powerful like point that you just made because that it, it goes across the concept of an afterlife, right? Whether mm. we're whether you're someone who believes in an afterlife or not, that's still true. Yeah, you know, like 100%. you know, whether you think you know you, it's all black or there's a heaven. Either way, you're not taking any of this shit with you. Right. Like, <laughs> say, either way, I, I can't think of one religion. Whatever you follow, I don't think you're taking this. The with Egyptians you. believed it. <laughs> that okay? Yeah, yeah, but they also buried people. Yeah, but like, they, <laughs> yeah, and they had slaves. Uh, like, <laughs> so, what sacrifices are you making? Here? Yeah. But yeah, I I think like all the points he brings up, I really couldn't have said it better myself. Uh, should we get to the best track on the album? Do not call this the best track on the album. <laughs> I will say this. I'm gonna say this it, I like, like this song. I think this is good. I I like. I do not this think song. this is a bad song at all. Yeah. this is a good song. This but is like top five of the album. This is the this is the most relatable song. I feel like. 
is when, like, it? Like, <laughs> maybe not. When I say relatable, in terms of like, this is stuff that I've actually heard. I'll, I'll put it that. Way. It feels real. Like that's what it is. It like, feels so real. Yeah. Like I, some or of so, the arguments or the points that they bring up, yeah. I've heard a couple in an argument say before. You just first like, up, wait. like pause real quick. <laughs> this is an unpaid nobody's public service announcement. If this reminds you of your relationship. Yeah, break you up. need help. Break up. Get like, out. Leave Get each out other's now. Lives. Like <laughs> if this block each other on everything. Just take your stuff. If, Don't even say bye. If you find yourself defending either character in this sketch, <laughs> get therapy, which I think is ultimately the point. <laughs> like, I'll, you know what? Fine, God. I'm just going to say that. <laughs> yeah. Although, like, it does. it is kind of interesting, though, because, like, as we talked about, like, the, uh, the stop tap dancing around the conversation, that moment at the end of the song, mm-hmm. on one end, I, I do think, like, when I describe that moment, what I do kind of think he's say, what he's saying in, like, the context of, like, the story or the meaning of it all is that while this is bad, at least it's direct, at least it's honest and emotional and, like, even though, like, the characters in this are, like, very clearly flawed characters, like I think like there's kind of like a it's kind of a nod to like how it, it's simultaneously like if they're having the conversation it's not like they're they're being direct about it but also like at the end like when it devolves into sex which is very common with these kinds of things very realistic that's also <laughs> like someone tap dancing around the conversation <laughs> yep there's layers to this shit and first yeah. off this girl's performance is fucking incredible I felt it, it I felt her yelling at first I thought it was Rico <laughs> Nasty I at, couldn't tell who it was well she's yeah. an actress it's not a musician yeah that, I figured that out which makes, I which didn't makes know like, what she's in like right. if you, if you want to have this moment on your on your album you're going to want to bring in an actress to sell it. Right. So my question this is basically a skit. Yeah, it, it basically is a skit, except you forget that, like, they're speaking in verse. Mm-hmm. And, like, it falls, it, it works in it the beat so well. Bro, it's, like, hypnotic. And, like, these are actual verses. Like, these are bars. Yeah. Like, <laughs> like I'm just going to say it. And, like, you know, Kendrick, he just sounds like a rapper. You know, like, don't get me wrong, like, he's Kendrick, he's giving an incredible vocal performance, but it just <laughs> sounds like a rapper rapping lyrics. Mm-hmm. But, like, this Taylor Page lady, like, she sounds like someone just talking, and then it ends up being verse, and it's like, oh my god. She, she killed it, and, like, Kendrick plays around with, like, the topics, because obviously... yeah. The most interesting part about this whole song to me is because even though, like, I opened up with saying, like, it's relatable or, like, it's realistic, because, like, there are moments within the song where it's it's clear banter. Like, this is just two people pissed off at each other and just going for each other's necks. And, like, there's one layer. But there's also other parts of this, like, song. If you look at the lyrics, there are some very interesting 
topics that he brings up. Where it, it's much more meaningful than just a regular argument, I feel like. And it happens later in the song. I feel. Yeah. Yeah, and like, the other thing is, the thing I kind of like about this song is kind of like the blurring the lines of like reality a bit. Like how mm-hmm. like it kind of blurs between being a sketch and a song. And like, especially when you get to the end, you, you start, especially about Kendrick, because like he's like the character we're following. Like you start to wonder like how much of this is a character and how much of this is Kendrick Lamar. Like, yes. Like when he starts talking about like fake feminists, like you know Kendrick like feels that way. Like he doesn't like mm-hmm. people who are performatively activist, right? Because he's yes. an activist. That makes sense, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, but then he gets to the he starts talking about like why women don't get along and then he's like rattling off the reasons and they just get stupider and stupider <laughs> and like right. it feels intentional right because like the way he's delivering it like it doesn't sound like Kendrick making it it sounds like a guy struggling to think of a point right and which same, is realistic yeah which is realistic <laughs> right like but like it makes you it makes you wonder like that that can't be what Kendrick actually thinks, though, right? Like it gets to certain points, right? So it kind of yeah, like no, goes no. that long. And even with with the the female character, because like even though we're not following her story throughout it, it's like there's moments of yeah. something that's realistic. Yeah, there's moments, moments of things not. where she's saying things that are very very true, and then like when she starts talking about like Trump and Harvey Weinstein, like it devolves, exactly you know it right. evolves into screaming, which is. You know, which it's is so. It's what happens in an actual argument. Yeah. I feel like you start off with good points and then you kind of rattle off. Where she's opening up and she's saying like, "I just funny you can't apologize." Egotistic, narcissistic, love your own lies. That's a bar. Yeah. But then, like, it carries on. You're just like, you're the reason R. Kelly doesn't know that he's abusive. We're just like, bro, what? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It it really is just like an incredible like. What was your reaction when you first heard this? Like, I, I was so confused. I was like, I what was is so going confused. on? <laughs> I was so confused. I, I was trying to keep up. Yeah. But after this song, this is one of the times where I paused and I was like, okay, I need to breathe. Yeah. Because it. <laughs> now, there were lines that I tried to keep up, but it's just like. So, something that I think is interesting is. Some people are saying that because the outro that stopped ham dancing around the conversation, that's said by Kendrick's actual real life like longtime girlfriend. Okay. So some people are saying like maybe that's an invitation to think about the argument that happens as less of like a story of two people and more of a metaphor. Some people said like, oh, this is like Kendrick's battles with the community. Right? Like in sometimes it feels like Kendrick's uh like Kendrick having a fight with the hip hop community. Like sometimes it feels like him talking to like social justice people. Like I don't know if I fully buy into the theory one hundred percent, but I think it's an interesting way to think of the song. I will say that it made me think about it for a second. When you said that I had not heard of that before. Yeah. I didn't catch that or anyone saying that. I can see where they're coming from. But I just feel like it's so out of control, and some of the topics don't really relate to the hip hop market. I don't know if yeah. it connects all the way. Yeah, but it's interesting. But and interesting. Also, yeah. Yeah. And we also should. Uh, I think either way, like I think 
it being about like needing to have direct, honest, open conversations, right? Like that being the main point. I don't. I think no matter which way you interpret it, I think that point's valid. Yeah, uh, that line alone and the reason why it's such a big deal. And now that you say that you put it out there with knights, I see because that alone applies to way more than just hip hop. Yeah. It applies oh, to like yeah. America, like yeah. everything, the yeah. world. Yeah, and like it, it sounds great because it, it's just a completely valuable lesson that I think everyone kind of needs to hear right now. And also, mm-hmm. like it, it, it recontextualizes the tap dancing, right? Because, like, in some ways, the tap dancing is meant to represent like. Kendrick like performing his pain right and I think this kind of like recontextualizes it to maybe be like no no the tap dancing is the things you do to avoid the work you need to do to be a better person and that's why this uh the first part of the album is called the big steppers it's about the Mm -hmm. people who do these awful things and the things they do so that they can keep living with themselves Sheesh. Yeah. And, like, look, it's not, it's not necessarily a bad thing. It's things like religion. It's things like, yeah. you know, like... It's everything. <laughs> yeah. It's not necessarily a bad thing. I do think it posits that going to therapy specifically, but also just, like, evolving and growing as a person is certainly better. Like... Yeah, you gotta approach certain situations. You can't just brush everything off. Yeah. Can't. Alright, now let's talk about the last song on this side, Purple Hearts. Okay, for sure. First off, like, the, uh, it really does feel like almost like the second half of the We Cry Together with the, uh, Mm -hmm. with the way the, uh, that Stop Dancing, Stop Tap Dancing around the conversation just, like, Die like just collides with uh, <laughs> the beat of Purple Hearts, and it works. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it so this is almost like I don't want to say the love song, but I feel like this is the more structured building towards a healthy relationship. I, I think it is a love song. I think it's. I, I think like the point of this, like within the larger narrative, is like want it is wanting to do the work to become a better person because mm-hmm. you want to be able to love another person. Like I think that's why this is the last song on the first album. Okay. Like yeah. this is this represents the impetus for the change. And you know, I also think there's another one where like it's I do think there's like substance to this. But I haven't read through the lyrics because I think it's a much more emotional song. Just about like mm-hmm. how you're supposed to feel about things. Okay. You know, and like once again, like it's the pacing on the album. Like not everything can be we cry together and worldwide <laughs> steppers. You know, you need songs that are fun and breezy and easy to listen to. And like look, you don't have to sacrifice substance for that. This doesn't do that. But I think that has certainly been that was certainly the focus of this song, was, like, the musical, emotional aspect of it. Mm-hmm. Okay. I agree with that. 
Yeah. Summer Walker. And we get a... I was about to say... I was really about to say, and we get a Summer Walker and Ghostface that, Killer. Incredible. Like, what is going on? <laughs> Ghostface Killer was like, ah, oh, that's a really good... Like, that's... That's, that's yeah. That's different. That's a really like you good don't... <laughs> He doesn't get put on songs anymore. Well, and it's a shame. No, Ghostface is fucking incredible. Like... <laughs> I was really about to say, I can't even tell you, like, when he was big, because I was probably much younger and just not more I was not even alive. Like, I was, like, full, I was, like, two when, like, Wu-Tang came out. Right. He, he's put out stuff somewhat more recently. Yeah. I mean, I guess solo projects, but it's different. Yeah. It's just not, it, it was just not the stuff we were raised with. It's not the stuff we were raised, it's the back catalog of the thing we love, not the thing we love. Correct. Okay. Yeah. That's fair. You know, it's like I But nice to get Yeah. But like fuck man. An incredible incredible addition. This was definitely like when I saw the list of features, because I did the exact same thing. Like I feel like that's almost part of like listening <laughs> to an album. The experience. Like, well like the same way that like like when you open a book, right? Like the first thing isn't the first chapter or even the recommendations. It's the appendix, and it's like, these are the chapters, these are the parts, and in some books it's even like, here are the perspective characters, here's all the stuff. You get this information up front, and to me, that's what I see it as like. I agree with that. Yeah. But yeah, fucking killer features. Yes. Uh, oh yeah. Couldn't, couldn't, couldn't like the song more. This is a song that I think is just like, it's the same song as Die Hard, but better. Oh! Future me, yeah, yeah, just like because this is the other song I think could be a big radio hit. You know what's crazy, yeah, and I I was gonna hold off to the end to even like mention the numbers because I know you don't really care about streaming as much. I mean, it's actually the opposite, really. Right now, yeah, believe it or not, right now, Die Hard has about 52 million, Purple Hearts only has 22 million. That's crazy to me. It's literally double. That's crazy <laughs> to me. And to go even further than that, how remember how we started off with like, okay, the second half is better. The yeah. second half significantly less streaming numbers than the first half. And I don't know if that's just because people press play and maybe they fell off because they stopped listening. Which it's a lot. Like just but it is what that. it is. Yeah, I mean, because the other thing is we talk, just talked about how this feels like a very lean album. Mm-hmm. It's not. <laughs> it's because we enjoy the it's genre. Because we and the love person, the music. So. <laughs> yeah, we love the music. And, you know, when you connect with it. But, like, if you started at 9 30 and you have an out, you have a meeting at 10, <laughs> you just can't, you're yeah. just not going to finish it. Right? Can't do it all. Right. You're yeah. literally not going to get through We may not know. <laughs> <laughs> I can't do it. I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, we are entering. So yeah, we are entering the Mr. Morale segment of the album. All right, so we're on part two, track one. Count me out, Purvis. Do all of these hoes make it difficult, bro? I'm trying to t- no. Let me stop. <laughs> yeah. This is also one of my favorite songs. Purvis, what did you think? Yes, of Count me out. 
I honestly think this. I wouldn't say a sleeper, but this is also one of my favorite songs on the album. Yeah, this is, this one is such favorite. a like uplifting song. Yeah, I love, I love this it. song. Yeah, I. Uh, some people have said this is a sleeper, like not their favorite, but nah, this should be a no, banger. This is this is his middle fingers. <laughs> like, yeah, no, I I love it. I I think the hook is hella catchy. I think that I think the kind of voice Kendrick uses on the hook in this song can be very annoying. Not this okay. time. Not this time at all. Like, <laughs> this is great. Like, just the energy behind it, like, the, the tone of it. This really was, like, this was a song that, like, after we cry together, this was like, okay, like, this is going to be, like, a group. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which, mm-hmm. you know, ended up not being true. But, uh, <laughs> but no, this song is absolutely fantastic. I, I think it's, you know, it's talking about, like, that start of a redemption arc. Yeah. Yeah. This is a great start. Yeah. And this, I like the, obviously Kendrick has confidence, but I love the confidence behind this song. Yeah. And, like, the, like, knowledge, or, like, not the knowledge, but, like, the faith and belief that, like, you're going to make it and you're going to be great. Yeah. Like, regardless what other people are saying, like. Yeah. No. Ah, I, this song's so good. Yeah. No, totally. I uh, I completely completely agree with it, and I just love like that kind of energy. Like that's just kind of what's. I, I think everyone kind of needs that energy mm-hmm. at the uh, at, at times, and you know it's it's certainly a very direct song. Like it's definitely not a super deep one. Uh, yes, I was literally about yeah, to say not, I'm glad it wasn't too deep. Yeah, it's not super deep, but it's very lyrically enjoyable and just has incredible energy. I love it. One of my favorite songs on the album. And it, definitely the right beat, like the correct story beat for like this point in the arc of the character. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, this, this song has a really good pacing. Yeah, I feel like it it leads you up. It's one of those songs where like the beginning part of it has its own meaning and like it's important to like pay attention to it and be introspective. But like it builds up to this like peak when like you can literally just be like I love you, count me out, and like you can say it with your chest. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's such a good like pacing to like the build up. Yeah, ten out of ten, no notes. Love, count me out. <laughs> Going uh, into all right. Are we ready? This isn't. Are we ready for a hot take? All right, let's go. This, this, is, this is my least favorite song in the album. And I'm maybe, not upset. And maybe like one of my least favorite Kendrick Lamar songs ever. Really? Yeah. Like, uh... And like, don't get me wrong. Like, it's still on the Kendrick Lamar scale. I'm not saying that right. this is like abhorrently awful. We're still on the Kendrick Lamar <laughs> scale. Right, so it's not fairly. Yeah, no, it's not egregiously bad. Right, it's just mm-hmm. I just think the singing is really, really bad, and I think the insight is a lot shallower than I think. Yes, it, okay, it, it is. Like honestly, there's another song, exact same title exact same subject and it handles it better and it's crown run the jewels run the jewels too 
deals <laughs> the exact same concept. Okay. And but it's done much better. Just done much better. And to me, like, that's just a killing blow. Right? Now, what I do... But that, that being said, it's on the Kendrick Lamar scale. So I do have nice things to say. Like, okay, let's hear it before people cancel you. Well, first off, I'm uncancelable because nobody likes know. me. Uh, <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, That's not what I was going to say. Well, the thing I do like is, one, I think, you know, getting back to the idea of, like, story beats. Okay. Uh, and, like, you know, just having a narrative and, like, how every song represents, like, the next beat of the story. I think this is the right moment, like that moment of like absolute brutal self-reflection that I do think the song is trying to be like, I think that's the right moment. So I, I think even though the song itself is significantly weaker than the rest of the track list, I still think it functions well in the story of the song of the album. You know what I mean? Yeah, I follow that. And the other thing is, you know, I think that 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 outro moment of where he's just saying I can't please everybody over and over again like I mm-hmm. think that is one of the more powerful moments on the album not like just like the lyric of it just having that reflection lead to the change he makes throughout the next you know seven songs like to me that was really gratifying I have pretty much the exact same perspective you have. Like, there isn't much more that I can say on it. I will say, I I don't think it's one of his worser, or worser, Jesus Christ. (laughs) Um, I don't think this is one of the worst songs that he's put out, or even relatively close. I do think that it is a qualifier for one of the worst songs on the album. Yeah. I think it's too slow. Yeah, it's very the, slow. The ending, yeah, it's just too slow. The ending does make up for it. And like you said, it's definitely one of the more important things about going through therapy, which yeah. is what Yeah, learning about. that you can't please everybody is right. literally like one of the most important parts of like the process. <laughs> Day one of therapy. You can't please everybody. <laughs> but but um I think that does save it in its own right, but it's it is a slow song. Yeah. And it kinda threw me off. Yeah, no, definitely. Uh, but I think we got a, a good lineup <laughs> running through the back for this album because I don't think there's a miss, uh, at least for me. Going uh, forward, you don't think there's a single miss? No, nah, I don't think there's a single miss. Except Savior, but that's a skit. It's different. Like, I don't, I don't count it. Right. Yeah. It, it's like the fourth. It's like a ball. It's like in baseball. It's like, fine. Oh. We had fun with Savior. We'll, yeah. we'll talk about it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, but, um, so, Silent Hill. Right? Yeah, okay. Fantastic. Fantas- the chorus. <laughs> that I- like, <laughs> <laughs> so good. Just like, and the, the TikTok dance is like exactly. It's so good. It's, it's exactly so good. the moment. It's exactly the movement I imagined in my mind like when I hear it. Right, yes. like yes, literally yes. Uh, this is him shaking everything off, like yeah, get off me, like I'm done. <laughs> yeah, no, this is kind of like you know, this is like a nice like drive at night song. It's a heavy vibe. Oh, for sure, heavy vibe, great vibes. Honestly, like 
I don't think there's a whole lot to say about the song except that it's incredible. Like, because <laughs> like it, it is one of the songs where it's like I wonder like what this means like in the context of like the story because it kind of does seem like this is just a banger, which is fine. Like, mm-hmm. but yeah, that's that's kind of like how I'm I'm, do, I'm feeling about it. This is the f- I don't know if it's the first because like he had his own skit. But this is the first like this is actual his, feature. Yeah. From Ken or uh, from Kodak. Black. Yeah. And Do you it's like good. feature? Yeah. Yeah, okay. actually like way more than I've ever liked a Kodak Black feature. I thought it was about to say it's probably one of the best things he's ever done. <laughs> yeah. It's yeah. I, I've heard enough Kodak Black to know that I have zero interest in any song he puts out. But like this was fine. Like this was I don't think his feature was incredible, but like yeah, it doesn't bum me out. Right. I mean, we are speaking about an album that does not have that many features. At least chorus-wise. I mean, uh, verse-wise. Yeah. There's some chorus features, but not really all the verses. I mean, like, there's... There aren't a whole lot of guest verses. You know, there's just this, and then there's Baby Keem. But even that's, like, more of a... A chorus. Does he have a verse on Savior? I think he does. I think he does, yeah. I'm pretty sure he does. Uh, But yeah, it's it's like Night Mode the song. That's how I feel about that. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So we jump into. Actually, I do have like um, one song. I do have a quick question about you, right? Ooh, okay. A question about Ready? this song, right? Because like this song is like getting real big on TikTok, and like, how does that feel for you to see a song on such like if there was ever an album that was like not for the TikTok crowd, like. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but like, this is a trend, and like, honestly, like they're they're great. Like, <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say I, I've discovered social media can it does a great way of taking parts of a song and like giving different meanings to it. Yeah, obviously this album is very or this double album is very heavy, has very heavy topics, but you can easily take this little part of the chorus and like make it a banger. Like, take out all the seriousness, take out the heavy labor. Like, yeah, it's a great way to promote him, even though he's not doing it himself. But yeah. it's great marketing. The tactics is perfect. Yeah, no, I uh, totally agree. Uh, all right, let's get into the savior interlude. All right. So, first of all, so this is basically all Baby Keem, right? Yeah, this is all Baby Keem except for the intro, which is the. Right, right, right. therapist it's an actual therapist who's like on the album oh yeah his name is dope. Eckhart Tolle I missed that yeah no he's I like a, he's like an Oprah endorsed therapist like he's like a world famous like one and like he's record like he's apparently Kendrick Lamar's real therapist and like he recorded this for uh the album love which this. like that's that's a really fun detail like I like that a lot yeah love this like love when this. you hear like Mr. Duckworth we'll see you now like that's him like Love it. Uh, but yeah, this is basically all Baby Keem. It really does make you like see how much of like Baby Keem is, is just tied in with Kendrick, right? Like, mm-hmm. I, I remember seeing a meme once that was like, "Oh, Baby Keem is just like if one of Kendrick's voices like became a person and like ran away." Literally. And it's like, <laughs> Yeah. One of his personas just became a real human. Yeah. <laughs> With that topic, because we kind of hinted at it earlier, and I said I was going to hold off. How do you like the connection between the 
do you like that he is this involved? Do you like that Kendrick was that involved in Baby Keem's album? Do you well, feel like it's overdone? It almost feels like they're they're related in some way. It almost feels like, and I know I make this comparison like every every week, but it almost feels like they're like MCU movies, where like they're connected but not exactly. Okay. No, I have zero issue with Baby Keem's involvement on this, right? Like, it it is obvious that uh, Kendrick's horse in the next wave of artists is Baby Keem, and all for it. Love that. Like, I don't personally, like, like, yeah, obviously, like, the fact that he's his cousin, like, <laughs> is, like, gonna be something. Does add into yeah, it. because, like, Baby Keem is a character. Like, I remember watching this TikTok of someone, like, the morning this came out, uh, where it was like, hey, Mr. Lamar, who do you, he's like, oh, I want to have, like, a young rapper featured on this thing. And it's like, oh, who do you want? Like, Baby Keem? He's like, no, it's Kodak Black. It's like, uh... <laughs> but, like, it actually came across, like, very tasteless and, like, kind of like, oh, you don't get what you're talking about because, like, Baby Keem is a character. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. you know, right. and I think he kind of represents, like, like, the same way that, like, uh, Kodak Black represents, like, the worst, worst case scenarios of Kendrick. Like, I think Baby mm-hmm. Keem is meant to represent, like, uh, what Kendrick could have been if Kendrick had, like, someone's influence on him. Okay. I think that's, like, what he represents hmm. in the story. I haven't found, like, the meaning behind his character as he comes in and out throughout the, like, album. It's something that, like, I've been challenged with and I don't understand a lot. But I... The in and out involvement I'm not sure how I, I feel like I almost get too much baby key. Yeah. I maybe I just wanted more diversity and that's what it's coming down to. Yeah. But like Yeah, because we, we did like call him having, like, wanted like a lot of features and like really with the exception of like Yeah, like, literally. Those, <laughs> like don't get me wrong, like there are some like really like we always we said there was gonna be surprising features and there were. There was Kodak, there right. was Ghostface. Summer Walker was like Yeah. Okay. That was definitely out in left field. Yeah. So, uh, then again, like, don't get me wrong. I don't think Summer Walker needs any help with her career. But, like, <laughs> no. She's going to come. I know she doesn't like to leave the house, but I think she would for Mr. Lamar. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's an opportunity you do not say no to. Yeah. By the way, I respect your decision, Summer Walker. I would do the same. I think you're completely rational. <laughs> like, right. For your career rise, this is yeah. No, I'm like I I agree with you. It, it's an interlude. It's just meant to set up the character of Baby Keem, I think, and then really set up. Yeah, I'm I mean, gonna... it does jump into the actual song. Yeah, yeah, it definitely what? does. And this is oh boy, is this the the centerpiece of the entire album? I was actually, uh. It's hard. I was going to ask if this was the um, Sing About Me Dying of Thirst, if this was the fear of this album. And I haven't decided yet, because there's three songs that come after this that are all very Yeah. I don't... I I do not think this is the fear or Dying of Thirst. I think that's Mother I Sober. Okay. Yeah. So... 
Do you know save what, you here. Do you know what I compare this to? Is Bitch Don't Kill My Vibe. Okay. Yeah, this is like... I can see that. Yeah, yeah. I can see that instead. Yeah, like this is... Because like it is like a very fun song. Like this is... I think this could be a hit. For sure. It's a very fun song. Yeah. But for me personally, I feel like this was debatably one of the most serious songs. Yes, that's the thing. But like that's the best part though. Like... <laughs> like this like, this is a very serious song. Yeah, like there is no uh like there is no line wasted on anything unserious, right? But yet it comes across very, very fun. Kinda like bitch don't kill my vibe. My point. Uh <laughs> Brandon, should we fill them in on what we've been doing for the past week in uh, terms of this song? Yeah, we definitely should. <laughs> so <laughs> Like that's how fun this song is. Yeah. Okay. We're just gonna we're not we're gonna call a spade a spade. Me and Paris have been playing an improv game, where <laughs> we take uh, we that's take an improv game. Yeah, the intro where it's the one of the best intros ever. Like, you know, Kendrick made you think about it, but he is not your savior. Cole made you feel empowered, but he is not your savior. We just took that and ran with it. <laughs> Boy, did we run! Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, we, we just, came up with all kinds of like all kinds of random serious. stuff. Just like we dig, we dig. <laughs> I think we're out of rappers. I don't think we're going to be doing this game anymore. Like we started doing like famous philosophers and Spider Men. <laughs> Bro, I did LSD. I was like, <laughs> he could cruise down LSD, but it is not your same. <laughs> just like <laughs> my god. But yeah, no, just like. An excellent. Also, like, think about being these two, like Cold and Future, like. Yeah. Uh, but it really does like talk as fun of an intro as it is. It sets up like what the point is. He is not your savior, and like yes. I, I think this is as much as this is like one of my favorite songs on the album. Hmm. I do think there's a criticism here that I gotta be honest. I don't have a okay. I, I don't have an argument against, but I don't think it deflates it because it's, it is like inherently mild. But it's just okay. like, you know, like it is very mature of him to like step down and like stop being like wanting to him not wanting to be like the savior of hip hop, like the savior of like this generation. I don't think he acknowledges, like, the fact that he kind of put himself there, too. Like, mm -hmm. Kendrick definitely leaned into the whole he's the greatest of his generation thing. And, okay. like, look, if he's, ta if he's taking himself out of the position of savior, I'm just saying he had a hand in putting himself there. And <laughs> you would think that might come up, but it does not. So, like, look, I think that's a reasonable criticism. I gotta be honest. Like, just because, like, this is an art piece that, like, you're gonna be literary, you're gonna get literary criticism. But, still. One of my favorite songs on the album. Yeah. I, I think this is one of the most important songs on the album to me, oh, yeah. because this is him taking a step back. Obviously, on a surface level, it's just like, okay, someone's not your savior, so you need to stop following these public figures and these artists and these placing people on like the 
these high pedestals to like represent a larger meaning or a larger demographic. And like, you need to realize that these people are not your savers. You have to take your own responsibility in terms of like how you're going to run your life. Um, like there's some, and what got me was verse two. Yeah. <laughs> where he was, <laughs> where he's talking about, and of course this relates to me. We were saying, like, you seen the Christian said the vaccine was the mark of the beast. Then he caught COVID and prayed for Pfizer for relief. Brandon, I threw my phone. Yeah. Dude, like, then, I. <laughs> then he said, then I caught COVID and started to question Kyrie. Will I still get it or hurt in this bed for two weeks? Like, Jesus. And earlier. Lord have mercy. Yeah. And earlier when I said, like, oh, like, Kendrick is talking about the pandemic in, like, these conspiratorial ways. Like, that was the arc that ends here. And boy, mm-hmm. what an end to that arc. Jesus, did I relate to it. Yeah. It's, it's, it's all I heard throughout COVID. Yeah. It, it's insane. Yeah. And, yeah, and, and just building off... But, like, ahead. do you know people who, like, literally, like, changed their minds after they caught COVID? 100%, yes. I know countless people. Countless people. Because, like, I know people, mostly people I know were just, like, willing to get vaccinated. But, like, everyone I know who wasn't and caught it, like, either Brandon, a, they can't. Yeah, I know. They're not religious folk like you guys are. Not even just that. It's, it was this whole issue that I was, di- well, yeah. not even issue. But it's this whole thing that was going on. And, again, I will not We try to refrain from saying they as a general consensus or try to overanalyze people, but, like, there was such a trend within the Black community that, like, nobody wants to take the vaccine because nobody trusts the government, and there's been past tests where they, like, use Black people for this, that, the other. Oh, my God. Yeah. Like, I'm not going to say names, obviously, but you will be surprised how many Black friends I had that literally was like, I'm not getting it. That's still, like, I'm not getting it back. Hey, I knew, I knew a few. Like, I'm not going to lie. Jesus like, Christ. You know, I, like, this is direct to the community. Yeah, but let me, uh, let me just, as, as, a, as a white walker, you know, like a white <laughs> day walker, uh, like, let me just put this out there, that at least, like, the reasons for your community to not trust the vaccine are, like, real. Like, that, at least. That, that is true. Like, that is true. at least the Tuskegee experiment happened, and, like, people getting autism didn't. Like, right. That's that's the difference. Don't get me wrong; like they're both wrong, but like <laughs> there's a difference. There, there, there is some justification, but yes, there <laughs> there is a difference there. Yeah, like I'm very but, I'm very very pro vaccine. Any any of those people would have told me to get the vaccine, I'd be like, yeah, you should still get it because like, no, especially like, and I think it's interesting, just because, you know, I don't think this was intentional, but it's Kendrick, so you never know, because like. He specifically mentions Pfizer, right? And it's interesting because, mm-hmm. like, you know, I, I kind of take everything Kendrick says through, like, a like a black-focused lens, right? And, like, that is the reason so many people question the vaccine is because of the distrust of the American government, which uh, I agree. But yeah, like, that's a real thing. <laughs> but, like, the Pfizer vaccine, like, the one he calls out, was, not, was made with zero American dollars. I see. 
So like maybe it was so like that criticism of like I don't trust like it it's not even coherent against the Pfizer vaccine because like there's zero American money in it. Okay. Yeah, and like. And like, look, I had a friend where I brought that up to him, and he's like, "I don't give a shit." And it's like, "Well, okay." But like, <laughs> right? It's just like, okay, well, that's that. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, I, I guess just getting somewhat back on subject, wrapping this all up. Yeah. The the main point: stop putting all this value within like your public figures yeah. and the people you follow, and even saying in like the chorus, "Baby King was just like, are you really happy for me?" Like in reality. Yeah. And you just kind of need to realize we need to start getting our lives together. You know, like, as I read this, I'm like, wow, this is a very heavy song. <laughs> yes, uh, dude, I'm serious. I, yeah. I, when I first, when we opened up talking about this song, I was serious. This is one of the most meaningful songs on the album. I don't, I don't deny it at all. It's just, to me, like, it's just one of the more fun songs on the album, too. Like, and it's not, it and it's not an unfun album, you know? All right, let's get on to... So, we have three heavy ones in a row, so we'll just yeah. take a deep breath. Yeah. <laughs> you know what, I think just... I, I think out of respect for the LGBTQ community, I think we'll keep our words brief on this one. Uh, Correct. Just because, like... I agree with that. Just because, like, you know, to what... I am... We don't know, have much say it, on this. It's not... It's, we, we... This is... Yeah, exactly that. Like let's, we're not, let's this just isn't go. A, this isn't about us, and Purvis isn't bigoted against queer people, so it's not for him. <laughs> Certainly, <laughs> it not is for him. other yeah. people. That's that uh, might fit that description. But earlier, I had mentioned that like the mind blowing aspect of like that end of we cry together was very much mm-hmm. like mind blowing in the form, right? Like the beat switch of mm-hmm. it all, right? And I said, like, you know, there was other stuff that was mind-blowing in just, like, the fact that he went there. And this is what I'm talking about. Right? Like, because ultimately, you know, as someone who very much cares about acceptance of trans and queer people of all kinds, right, I love that Kendrick put out a song that humanized and celebrated those people and drew attention to their to their very real oppression in this country like you know in, in a way that only the greatest artists of a generation could, <laughs> right now, very true i think there are some criticisms of this song that are very valid <laughs> like if someone was just like yeah dude he's a straight dude and he's saying a slur i don't want to hear that yeah you got me like <laughs> it's like can't deny it. yeah it's that that's straight facts yeah that's like if facts. yeah like if that's really gonna like i can, you know i don't feel like i can tell another human being like oh like no you're fucked up for you know not liking that no no no, you're fine what i do like right. is when people use that as an excuse to be anti-intellectual and not try to understand what the song is saying but i think that's a minority of people who are genuinely saying like no it's fucked up that he did that so, I was going to say, there's a group of people that is that are choosing not to understand the deeper meaning. Yeah, and and that's the other thing is that there are plenty of people who like do get the meaning of the song, and are still like, nope, still unacceptable. And to them, 
You got hey. me. You got me. Yeah, man. I was <laughs> saying, hey, you, you're not wrong. Yeah, you got me. You're not wrong at all. And like, the only justification that like we can push against it, and we kind of talk about it very briefly, is like this song is meant to be for the individuals that grew up ignorant to the subject. This is for the people who are going to think less of Kendrick Lamar because he made this song. Like, exactly. I think a whole lot of people, like especially like someone like me who's like plugged into like you know, progressive communities. I'm going to hear this a lot, but like there's a huge group of people who love Kendrick Lamar who will probably stop liking him because of this song. And that's why I think it's so important that someone like him made this. Mm -hmm. Because, you know, anyone who doesn't see that this is like a unapologetically pro-queer position is just not being honest. Mm-hmm. And beyond just, like, the slur stuff, like, there is, like, the dead naming, which I can also... Okay. Say, like, I've had that explained to me by some people, like, and that's... That can be very traumatic and fucked up, so I get that, right? Uh, even though I think, like, it almost feels like when he... Like, when you hear, like, oh, Demetrius is Marianne now, like, that lyric... It almost feels like penance or like a mark of shame. Like he's ups- like he's ashamed that he even sees it that way. Yeah, I yeah. can see that. And I gotta say, like one of the most mind blowing things is like you know you hear this and then like his trans uncle, you know, in it it says that he was the first person to introduce Kendrick Lamar to rap. Very true. And it's like wow. But yeah, that that's more or less what I have to say. Like, I just feel like this. It feels weird for me to comment on like a public platform about something that doesn't really affect me. But right. I thought the song was a beautiful tribute to a very marginalized community. I understand why people within that community like have problems with it, and I refuse to talk over them. But to me, I liked it. Yeah. Well, one thing that kind of stood out to me is that like he went into it like. Fearlessly, he understood the backlash he was going to get. And even by doing so, he took it a step further to like directly point out this group that we're mentioning, like the group that may not be friends with them anymore. The justification of them being against LGBT is typically centered around religion. And he specifically he is very cutthroat. Yeah. Right. I was about to say, he's very cutthroat. Like he is very straightforward. The entire verse four is about how. The church was rejecting him. And it kind of, it was a challenge that the family had to go through. At, at some point, I think he said eventually the, uh, the dad was like, okay, what are you going to accept? Are you going to accept like the Bible? Are you going to accept community? Like, what are you going to do? And then eventually it's like, okay, the family got it all together. And like the way he ends it was like, obviously, I won't say the F word part, but like, he connects it back. It's just like, hey, if you gonna say that, let a white girl say nigga. It it just makes sense. Yeah, because like I do think the song is very much specifically tying the meaning of those two slurs, right? Right. Which is why, like, you know, I didn't. I don't know if I really loved the, the when people were saying like, oh, it's the same thing as a white person saying the n word. I'm like, I disagree. Right. Like, I'm about to say. I, there, I don't think some that's true. I think it's pushback there. <laughs> I I think it's unacceptable in the same way mm-hmm. 
I think, sure, in that regard, but I just don't think it's the same, like, thing in the culture. Agreed. Yeah. At least within this culture. Yeah, at least, yeah, I just, because, like, and I think tying it to the the use of the N-word is how you reach that community. It's how it's going to make sense. It all ties back together. Yeah. But yeah, definitely like a standout on the, the album for me. Not, you know, it's it's a song I never skip, but I'll be honest, I'm not like clicking on it. <laughs> exactly. Um, Same thing I said for the other one. I was like, if it comes on, I'll listen to it, but I'm not going to press it. Yeah, me. if I'm going to like, <laughs> this is an album that I'm like biased towards like listening in like either like the entire thing or like I'll start on Cop Me Out and listen to the entire back one. And like, mm-hmm. I don't skip it, but like, yeah, it's not one like I bang in the whip. I can't wait to listen to Nazi Diaries. <laughs> yeah. It's like, yeah, play. It's like, yeah. <laughs> it's like, stop playing it in front of the hose. He's saying slurs. You're scaring the hose. <laughs> oh, my God. All right, All right so well, on Mr. to Morale. Mr. Morale. This is uh, a yeah. title of the album. Yeah, this is the... The second title track, technically. And yeah. honestly, like, love Pharrell on the production. I'm, I'm a fan of Pharrell. I gotta say it. Who isn't? Let's Who, be honest. How, how could you not be? Uh, <laughs> You'd be a fool. But yeah, it's definitely about, like, it definitely feels like this is about, like, generational pain. It's about, like, once again, this is almost to the same degree as anti-diaries not quite as much and i feel mm-hmm. like i'm going to say this for the next album too the, ne- the next song too but it does feel kind of like weird to comment on it because it's very much about like the generational trauma of black person black people in this country which um mm-hmm. i do not have uh, <laughs> you and, may not be going through that right yeah but like it's relatable to me like it makes it yeah i understand that i'll never experience it but i feel like now i can be better empathetic towards it because like i have a lot of, i have a lot of black people in my life and i want to like mm-hmm. you know i i want to make sure that i do whatever i can to like not be a bad person <laughs> <laughs> well put yeah but what about you what were your reactions to this one um i think it's a really good song it almost fell to the side for me because it's it's in a very difficult spot. It's in between Auntie Diaries and it's in between Mother I Sober. Yeah. And those are two very big points in the album. Yeah. Where heavy it all points. kind of fades. Right. Heavy points. Heavy points, too. Considering that it's meant to be like the title of the album, yeah. I will say I expected something bigger. More, yeah. Because it is kind of like a tight, it's less. It's just in grand. a tough spot. It's, yeah. <laughs> Well, it's it's the least serious in a long row of serious songs. Yes. Uh, it's very focused. And, you know, it's just, you know, this back half, like, it's artistically probably the best part of the album. But, like, mm-hmm. it's heavy, you know? Like, even Savior, which is, like, really, really fun to listen to, like, that is not a, a light listen. <laughs> you know? Like, it is like, not at all. You know? And... This is a walk in the park compared to Mother Eye Sober. Like, <laughs> uh, also, also correct. Yeah, but, but yeah. not not to take anything away from it. Yeah, 
No, it's just in a tough spot. Could not, could not agree more. Like it's, it really is like they're arriving at like the core of like. I mean, it's a therapy session, right? Like, yeah. The deeper you go, the more you uncover, and like it helps you move on. But that's kind of all it's gonna do. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Or yeah. So, so reaching what did you call it? The like peak, the climax, or something? yeah, the climax. Yeah. Mother I sober. Yeah. yeah. Okay. And like, I think this definitely fits the definition of a climax, especially because like the song after that mirror, like I think is essential listening. I think it's like very much important to the narrative. But it's nowhere near as much of a moment. Mm-hmm. But yeah, this one is a. Uh... <laughs> oh boy! Yeah, you talk about it's this one. Pretty you talk about this one. I... <laughs> you want me to talk? <laughs> um, I don't know where to start. Yeah. Um. This this is about sexual abuse, and it's not. Yes an easy one to talk about and it's about really had these three songs in a row. and it's it about like yeah and the next one's not like a fun one either like it's <laughs> it's less it's less this but it's <laughs> this is but like, like but like poetry. when you're sitting there listening to it it feels like yeah it feels like poetry it feels like you know the beautiful end to a heartbreaking novel or play <laughs> You know, it really does. Like, it really does feel like he has reached, like, the deepest core of not only his pain, but, like, his community's pain. Because, like, Yeah, I was literally going to say, this would be, like, not the end of the therapy session, but this would be the most important part of the therapy session. This is session. the breakthrough. This reps, yeah, this reps everything that he's talking about in all the other songs into one. And, like, why he is going through these issues. Yeah. Yeah, that's exactly it. And like, yeah, and it explains it. I, I love the way it very beautifully ties like his personal experience with this very dark subject into it just ties his experiences very neatly to the experiences of like his community and like a, a more systemic mm-hmm. uh, a more systemic like look at you know sexual violence. Which is ultimately what it's about, and it's right. It, it's a doozy. It, it's an ongoing. It's an ongoing issue that's been happening for a while. That like I don't feel like a lot of people kind of bring up as often as some of the other subjects that he mentions within the album. But yeah, just the the way he tells the story. He's like family ties to accuse my cousin. Did he touch Kendrick? Never lied, but no one believed me when I said I didn't. Like. <laughs> The way he can kind of break down these moments, it's kind of like a jumping in and out of a timeline yeah. where it's like he's giving almost a backstory, like his personal experience, and he's yeah. wrapping it all back up to his song. Yeah. It, it's so powerful and meaningful. And he's even talking about like history. Oh, where is it? Now I'm trying to look for it. Yeah, like towards the bottom, like towards the end. Yeah, yeah. He was saying they yeah, raped our yeah. mothers, they raped our sisters. Then made us watch, then made us rape each other, psychotic torture between our lives, we ain't recovered. Like, bro, Jesus, please. Yes. But, like, at the end, 
you get that moment, like the interlude from yeah. his wife. Uh, and I think that's kind of like what it's meant to under- represent, like Mr. Morale. Like, I think that's what it's supposed to be, like his post, like his self actualized self. Like, after he unpacks mm-hmm. all this trauma, after he unpacks all this stuff that he has gone through, like, both interpersonally and, like, as a result of a system, he has broken this curse. Mm-hmm. You know, and I think... And he like, says all that. Yeah, I like, that's like... Literally... Free, I said this free, I said my cousin free. Like, he's saying this all in the verses. Yeah, and it makes sense because, like, you know, I think the last song is called Mirror. Mirror, I think, is very much about, like, the the damage we take along the way. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, fuck, man. It's just, it's a, a heartbreaking end. And I'll say that I think this is probably, like, my grand feelings on the album. Is okay. that the same way to Pimp a Butterfly, like, looked outwardly with, like, such genius insight and scrutiny and criticism mm-hmm. I think this is aimed inward with the same veracity yes and I think that's what we get I mean I've mentioned I think it's some of the rawest music I've ever heard like I, I in that way it reminds me of Blonde like in a very, very I was literally oh my goodness yeah like, I know that's probably like cliche most... for us to say because like but still, like just like the way like, it's, I mean, this it's one's the only so, thing that I can think that compares. Yeah, I mean, like production wise, not so much, but like subject matter wise, absolutely. Yes. But fuck, man, like. And even going into the song "Mirror," like this is this is past the breakthrough. This is him, like literally saying, like, "All right, like, <laughs> I choose me." <laughs> like, yeah. When it's coming down to it, I'm gonna I'm gonna do whatever it takes to heal and be like what I need to be. Yeah. Now, have you heard like I have not even like unpacked this at all. But have you heard the uh the theory that like the album like the two albums are supposed to like mirror each other? Like that's why Mr. Morale is two songs from Second. the end and Worldwide Steppers oh. is two songs from the beginning. I don't know, like I would have to dive deep into that. Like I don't oh, even Oh, that is Jesus, that's deep. Yeah, it would take and a like, very long time. And like the last song is called "Mirror," which is like this is what I mean when I say like I feel like this song did what people thought "Damn" was doing. Wait a damn minute, hold on. So I'm looking at it, nah, bro. You like, shouldn't have told me that. I'm, like I'm gonna think Spirit, about this all night. Silent Hill, bro. The interludes line up. Yeah, everything. Father Time and Savior. The only thing is that, like, Die Hard and Anti Diaries, like, that doesn't make any sense. Like, you know, Mirror and United in Grief. I'm going to have to sit and think about this. Yeah. Yeah, as you say, mm-hmm. like, I, I think the last one, you know, Mirror is very much just like a, like a victory lap where him and Kodak, like, it kind of represents like the the place where all people would want to end up, right? yes. self actualized, able to move on as an unbroken person, and being able to prioritize yourself and understand that like 
if you're this toxic person that Kendrick was in the beginning in the first album, shit's not gonna. Highly recommend out. therapy. <laughs> yeah, highly highly recommend. Therapy. Which like my uh, th- this will be. Tell tell me like your 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 thoughts on this song, and like finishing thoughts on the album because I want to blow your mind before we before we. Oh lord, um. I mean, on this song, it's kind of a wrap-up, if I'm being honest. Every time I listen to this album, because most times if I listen to any song on this album, it's just front to cover, or front to back. Considering Mary's the last song, it's kind of just like a wrap-up song to me. Yeah. Of course it has its own meaning, but obviously this one is more in your face. It's just like, look, I'm choosing you, which is the important yeah. part. So the song by itself, it's, it's great. It's fine. I don't think it's something to write home about. <laughs> The album, if you're asked about how I think about the whole album, obviously one of the first things people are going to want us to discuss is where do I place it? it it's, it's, it's difficult. It, it's very hard. Yeah. I don't think it's as good as Mad Kid. Or, um, Good Kid, Mad City. Good Kid, Mad City. Yeah, that's still my favorite Kendrick album. I think it's up there with To Pepper Butterfly. Yeah. I think it's better than Damn, even yeah. though I do like Damn a lot. Yeah, I, I think on any given day, I might flip between this and Untitled and Master for third. Okay. But yeah, I would say this is probably my third. I would probably put it, it's a crapshoot if I'm going to pick Good Kid Mad City or Pippa Butterfly. But one of those two. And then, uh, and then this and Untitled and Master. I definitely like it more than Damn, even though Damn is like a more fun album. And mm-hmm. yeah, exactly. Especially like having sat with this now, it's like I feel like I might even grow to like them more because I feel like it has its place now. That's exactly what's gonna be my question at the end of this because we've talked about this and damn, you said it's got potential to be a classic. Will you call it a classic now? Or will you not no, call it? A like, classic? I mean, it almost feels like the clock is reset in like a way because, like, okay. You know, it went from Kendrick's last album to, like, one of several. So, I feel like with a, kid, with a dude who's so young, like Kendrick, like, I feel like I still owe him a few more albums before, like, I call okay. anything definitively. Even though, like, let's be real, good Kim Med City and Pimp Butterfly. Right, it is classic. Those like, are classic. It's controversial to say they're not. Yeah, they're a classic. So if well, anyone says they're not, I, they're, I don't care. I'm gonna disagree with them strongly. No, they're a classic. One hundred percent. Was it worth it? Was it worth a five year wait? What whatever would be. I'm happy this is what we got. I'm happy we got something that feels distinct in his lineup. I'm happy that it played to all of his strengths. You know? I think mm-hmm. this was you know, it was certainly his most, I don't know about deepest, but certainly his most complex album. I think it's the uh, most introspective. Definitely his most introspective, for sure. But yeah, no, I, I am extremely satisfied. I'll, I'll say that. I'm extremely satisfied. And I can see why this took so long to make. Yes. Because you know. especially given the topics, it takes time to Yeah, this is not something. And also, like, you know... It makes... Therapy doesn't come overnight. Yeah. Uh, also, do you remember, like, early, like, when this album was first, like, 
realistically, like when the album was probably like starting to take shape in like 2020, and people were like, "Oh, it's gonna have rock influences." And I'm like, "No, it didn't." Yeah. Like, don't get me wrong. <laughs> don't get me wrong. Like, if by rock influences you mean like, "Oh, there's a studio drummer." Like, okay, cool. Like, <laughs> sure then. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think, like, that might be, like, low-key, I think, like, you might see, like, a lot more, like, live drumming on rap albums. Yeah. But, yeah, no, that's, uh, that was it. That was Mr. Morale and the Big Steppers. Oh, last thing to blow your mind. Uh, did you figure out the cover? Did I figure out the cover? Yeah. Hold on, give me a second. Did I miss something? What's supposed to be the cover? Those, uh, the splotches on the wall are fists. Hold on, let me blow this up. Give me a second. Nah, give me a second. I need to make this a bigger image. Right. So the entire... The entire album, right, is about, like, therapy and, like, overcoming, like, toxicity. And right. those patches on the wall are where someone punched through and then patched it. I'll be damned. Yeah. Which, like, okay. really, like, when you think about it, really encapsulates, like, okay. the vibe of the album. That's very interesting. Purvis, let's do our recommendations. I gotta go get some food. I'm starving. <laughs> No, that's fine, that's fine. Do you want to go first or want me to go? You go first. All right, I'm pulling up my phone. As you know, I take screenshots. I've decided I'm going to continue with the format. I want to do one older song, one modern song, and one low-key artist. You know the song I was listening to recently? It's called Promiscuous by Nelly Furtado featuring Timberland. Fun. Very fun song. Very energetic song. And um, I would recommend going back. Just listen to it. It's definitely a cool. I don't know if I'll say a classic. That's fun. Okay, we can, have, we can, have, a cl- we can have a classic single uh, discussion about the one I'm bringing up. Okay. Uh, it's, uh, you know, it's 10 years old now. Like, over 10 years old now. Uh, okay. Fucking Problems. ASAP Rocky, 2 Chains, Drake, and Kendrick Lamar. Bangs! Bangs! <laughs> Wow, that's a classic, bro. I forgot about that. That song bangs. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, I mean, okay. it's a classic. It's <laughs> so obviously a classic. But yeah, the title served it up for me, and I'm like, I'm going to be listening to this for a couple weeks. <laughs> nice. nice, nice, nice. It's always nice. Ooh, Kendrick Barr on there is... Ooh. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah, remember when he just oh, yeah, did cool. features with other rappers that he wasn't, like, oh, fucking man. Ernest Hemingway? Like... <laughs> What, what a development he has made. <laughs> My next song is actually by Brad Fias. Uh, it's from his first single album, So Far Gone, Fast Life Blues. It's a dual song. As you know, I like those uh, combination songs. Yeah. But it's two songs in one. It bangs. It's so good. Oh, wow. So smooth. So smooth. All right. I haven't went back and listened to his first album in a while. I went back and, man, it was a way. All right. Okay, so, next song. I'll be honest. Title served it up to me. I don't know if it's new. I don't know if it's old. Okay. All I know is I love it. 
It is Beautiful Life with Action Bronson and Joey Badass. I'm already looking up. Yeah. It's also, like, it's one of those songs where it's, like, it's by the producer, I think, Skeleton something. Okay. Uh, but it features Action Bronson and Joey Badass, and, like, what's not the love? Yeah. Yeah, no, I found it. I'm definitely saying that. Interesting. There's other people in this album, too. Yeah. I'll be saving this album. My last person is someone I literally just found on TikTok this week. As you know, I've been getting a lot of music from TikTok. It's this person called Tazel Touchdown. I had no idea who he was. Um, I looked up Tazel Touchdown. He was inside the creator's new album. Oh. I didn't even know. He was in this, or he was in the song Run It Up, which is one of my favorite songs on the album. And I had no idea. Wow, crazy. But I, I, I know, bro. I found him, and I was listening to the song called Careful. It's good. It's pretty good. I understand how Tyler found him and said you're being on that one. Yeah. All right. My last song, classic summer track. I have to say it out. Uh, Vic Mensa, Orange Soda. Bro, I was going to do a Vic Mensa song. That's so good, though. Orange Soda. So yeah. So good. Perfect song to just like peruse. And I haven't been on LSD in a while. Neither have I. I need to pay a visit. I mean, well, I was talking about the highway, but go off, King. (laughs) Yeah, I was talking about the (laughs) highway. We're ending the podcast. We're ending it with that. No, no. And what was your last one? Was your last one the last guy? Yeah, yeah. That was my three. Oh. All right. Yeah, good night, good. guys. We're done. <laughs>